Now, our text is 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter, 23rd verse, if you'd care to turn to it. You can read it with us. Now, here in, in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 23, Paul says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're talking about the threefold man, spirit, soul, and body. We have here in, in this verse a glimpse of the threefold man, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the part that knows God. The soul is the intellect or the sensibilities that knows sensuous things. The physical body is the house in which we live. And really, I like a little another translation rather than the King James a little better on this verse than I do the King James because I believe it brings out the true meaning of the verse. And that is that uh, this spirit, soul, and body will be preserved entire without blame at the coming of the Lord. Jesus Christ. Praise God. And that's when it will be. Because that's when we'll have a new body. Praise the Lord. We've got a new spirit now. We've got a new heart now. We've got a new life now. But we will have a new body. Praise the Lord then. Now then, we, we know this, as we've said to you before, we re reiterate before we go on in our lessons, that in 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, and the 16th verse, Paul said, For which cause we faint not, but he said, Though our outward man perish, or as the margin says, is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed, he said, day by day. So here he speaks of an outward man and an inward man. The outward man is the body, the inward man is the spirit, and then the spirit has a soul. We do have a soul. Now, in Ephesians, the third chapter, the 16th verse, in one of the prayers that Paul prayed, he prayed for believers at Ephesus. And in this third chapter of Ephesians, in the 16th verse, he prayed that God would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Another translation reads, that ye may be made strong with his ability through his spirit, in the inward man. Now you see, when a man is born again, eternal life is imparted to his spirit. You remember, of course, that the word of God says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And when a man is born again, eternal life is imparted to his spirit or to this inward man. Now, eternal life is the life and the nature of God. It's the God kind of life. You remember over in the fifth chapter of John's gospel, Jesus made this statement in about the 26th verse. He said, as the Father hath life in himself, even so it was given to the Son to have life in himself. 
Now, what's he saying? He's saying that the Son has the same kind of life in him that God the Father has. And then when he come down to the 10th chapter, the 10th verse, he said, I am come that ye might have life. Praise the Lord. And so you see, this life of God that comes into our spirits is the nature of God and the life of God that recreates our spirits and makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. And it ought to be the easiest thing in the world for a person to know. I mean, whether they're saved or not, I, I, I sympathize with, with some folks, and, and yet in some ways I haven't been able to sympathize with them at all because I've never been bothered about my salvation. I've been a Christian over 35 years. 35 years ago, last April the 22nd, on Saturday night at 20 minutes to 8 o'clock in, in the south bedroom of 405 North College Street in the city of McKinney, Texas, I was born again. 35, be 36 years ago this coming April, you see. 36 years ago. And, and, and you know what? Uh, that's one thing that the devil's never told me. All of the, he may have told me a lot of things, but he never did tell me what to say. Not what, he never even suggested. He never even, the, the, I mean, not even the shadow of the doubt ever came to me, much less the doubt of it. Not even the shadow came. Well, I'll tell you, brother, when you, when you know the word, get it on the word, while you're on solid ground, the devil can't move you off of it. But did you know one of the, uh, there's two verses of scripture that I got a hold of on the bed of affliction that's been my favorites. And, and uh, I've walked in the light of them every day and I guess used them every day since then. And one of them is this verse that we made reference to before in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 where it said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Well, I knew I was a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And if you'd known me ahead of time, you'd known it too. <laughs> I knew I was a new creature. The devil couldn't tell me it wasn't. And then secondly, John said this in his first epistle that we know that we have passed from death unto life. Now that's from spiritual death in which we did live unto life. That's this life that he came that we might have. How do we know it? Because we love the brethren. Because we love. You see, God is love. And when you're born again, you have the nature of God in you. And you love. And if you don't love, because you know John went right on in this same chapter and said that he wrote these things unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. He said, He that hateth his brother abideth in death and that he's a murderer and that you know that no murder hath eternal life abiding in him. Because if he had an eternal life in him, he wouldn't have hate in him. He'd have love in him. Don't shout me down now just because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Amen. It's true. It's absolutely the truth. Then, friends, after a man is born again. Now, we need to get this straight in our thinking. Uh, a lot of times our theology has, has hindered us. After a man is born again, he can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know he's born of the Spirit, has the witness of the Spirit, that he's a child of God. I know that. But you know, I just simply like to follow the teaching of the New Testament. A, a lady said to me last night, and she was Baptist, and of course I had a Baptist background. I started out first really as a Baptist preacher, as a boy preacher to begin with. And I preached for quite a while before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is when I say quite a while, two or three years. Really, uh, 
completely four years. But uh, about two of it was nothing but ministry before, and I was preaching some, but going to school. Now, uh, she didn't understand some statements said last night, so she came and asked me, and that's what folks should do. And of course, being Baptist and, and having a Baptist background, because like I said, I was raised in Southern Baptist Church, and, and I was taught this, and so she was well, she also, that if you're saved, you have the Holy Ghost, you see. And everybody saved has the Holy Ghost, and that's the only Holy Ghost there is, and that's all there is. Well, now, that's partly true, but it's partly false. It's true you're born of the Spirit and have the witness Spirit that you're a child of God. But as we look into the Acts of the Apostles, and, and here was one thing that convinced me in the 8th chapter of Acts, that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them, and I told this to the lady last night. And they believed the preaching of Philip concerning the, the name of Jesus and the kingdom of God, and they were baptized, both men and women. That is, baptized in water. But then it said, when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had received the Holy Ghost, no, received the word of God. See? They sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Now, they didn't pray for them that they might be born again. They didn't pray for them that they might become children of God. They'd already received the word of God, and Peter says we're born again by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. So were they saved or were they not saved? Jesus said they were saved. Peter said they were saved. And they received the Holy Ghost afterwards. And so then, receiving the Holy Ghost or being filled with the Holy Ghost is an experience subsequent to salvation. What I'm trying to establish is this, before we go on, that when you're born again, your spirit is born again, this inward man, and becomes a new man in Christ. Your mind and intellect and soul needs to be renewed with the Word of God. We pointed that out in one of the lessons, Romans 12, 2 here. And then, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. When the Holy Spirit comes into your body, He comes in to dwell in your human spirit. And the only reason that your body becomes a temple, as Paul says, of the Holy Ghost, is because your body is the temple or the house of this inward man or your spirit. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in your spirit. Now, he's not dwelling in your head. Is he? No, he's in your heart. Your heart is your spirit. He is not dwelling in your head. And that's usually what hinders most people from getting filled with the Holy Ghost is their head. Because, you see... Their, their, their head, their minds have used their tongue so much until they wouldn't turn loose of it for anything in the world and let the Holy Spirit give them utterance. And this utterance was speaking in other tongues. You see, the Bible said, and they were all on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now then, in the light of what we've said to you, you who have been in the service will understand it better than perhaps some of the others, but it said, they began to speak with other tongues. They did the talking. The Spirit gave them the utterance. The Holy Spirit gave them But they spoke with tongues. Now, briefly, I will reiterate this fact so you can see this more clearly, that the real you is this inward man. See? And when you speak with tongues, you're speaking out of your heart, out of your spirit, out of this inner man. It isn't the body speaking, even though you're using your vocal organs. 
and it isn't your mind. In fact, Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14. He said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, what? My spirit prayeth. My spirit prays. Jesus said, in talking about the Holy Ghost and promising the Holy Ghost in the 7th chapter of John's Gospel, the 37th through the 39th verse. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, stood at the last day of the feast and cried and said, Ho, everyone is a thirst, let him come to me and drink. For he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly. Another translation said, out of his innermost being. That's his spirit. Shall flow rivers of living water. But it went on to say, but this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe upon him should receive. For as yet the Holy Ghost is not given, because Jesus is not yet glorified. Now, every one of we folks who talk with tongues know exactly where it's come from. It comes right out of your belly. And I'm not being vulgar, that's in there. It's right in here. Amen, isn't that right? It's right in here. That's the spirit of man. That's where the Holy Ghost is, is in here. And that's where he dwells. He's not living in your head. He's dwelling in your spirit. Praise the Lord. And he's there. He's there. Somebody said, well, I don't feel him. Well, if he ever came, he's still there. Because Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll send you another comforter that he may stay with you two weeks. No, no, no. That he may abide with you forever. Praise the Lord. Let me say this. He does not come and go. Without getting into any further discussion, I'll get into that sometime in another seminar, if you don't mind. But without getting into other further discussion, let me say this to you without a fear of contradiction from any intelligent person. The Holy Ghost does not come and go. Once you've received him, he does not come and go. That he may abide in you forever. Now let me say this to you. If he ever does go, he'll never come back. He'll never come back. That's it. You've had it. Well, somebody said he left me. No, he didn't. And he came back. No, he didn't. Are you listening to me? Now, you may have thought he did, and your wrong religious training and doctrines or creed may have said so, but the Word didn't say so. Well, somebody said if you do wrong, won't he leave you? No, 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 he won't leave you. He'll still be there to try to help you. I mean, even, did you ever notice the prayer that David prayed after he'd sinned? He'd, he'd, he'd committed murder. He'd committed adultery. Did you ever read the prayer he prayed? He prayed a prayer of repentance and then he said, Lord, take not, take not, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He never had taken him from him. And so he said, don't take thy spirit from me. And thank God he never did. Are you listening to me? Yes, you can grieve him, but he won't take him from you. And if he ever did take him from me, I'll cover that in one of the seminars one of these days, then he'll never come back. That'll be the end of that. And I can prove that by the scripture. But I won't take time of that now. That's beside the point. I just want to establish this fact with you that he's there. Praise the Lord. Well, somebody said, I don't feel like he is. Well, that hasn't got a thing in the world to do with it. I said, that hasn't got a thing in the world to do with it. It's what the Bible said. That's what counts. Praise the Lord, and the Bible is true. Now then, friends, the Holy Spirit, as I said, is dwelling in your spirit. Not in your head, but in your spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot communicate directly with our minds because he's not in our minds. He's in our spirits. He must communicate with us through our spirit. And I'm going to teach you something about being led of the spirit, how to know the voice of the spirit. He must, as I said, communicate with us through our spirits because that's where he is. 
And of course, our spirit does reach and influence our intellectual processes from within. You remember something Jesus said, and there's a number of things there that are very blessed if we had time to discuss them, but it's beside the point just now. But one thing that Jesus said when he promised the Holy Spirit was that when he is come, he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And so Jesus had already stated in the the previous verses over here in John, I, th I would suggest that you read carefully the 14th, 15th, and 16th chapter of John's Gospel. Because he had already stated in the 14th chapter, you see, and uh, the uh, 16th, 17th verses, that I'll pray to the Father, and he'll send you another comforter, even the Spirit of truth, that he may abide with you forever. He said, uh, Jesus went on to say that he is with you now, but he said he shall be in you. He's in you. Hallelujah. Paul, you know, wrote a letter to the Corinthians who were not only born again, but spirit fell. And he said to them, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? In you, which you have of God. And then John wrote in his epistle and said, Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Well, all right then. If Jesus said, and he did say, that when the Holy Spirit is come, he shall not speak of himself. But he said, whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So he speaks, doesn't he? I said he speaks, doesn't he? He's not going to speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. No, the Holy Spirit doesn't speak in tongues, and this isn't talking about talking tongues. You talk in tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance. But he said, he Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And then he said, he'll show you things to come. Well, now, where is he going to do this? Now, how is he going to do it? He's going to do it in you because that's where he is. He's in you. He's going to speak in you. He's going to speak to your spirit. Hallelujah. That's where he's going to speak because that's where he is. He's in you. So then, this information that our spirit receives, we receive from the Holy Spirit. And our human spirit, now sometimes the Holy Spirit, I mean he does with me, I mean he, he spoke to me even because he, I was born of the Spirit and knew the voice of the Spirit before I was ever filled with the Holy Ghost. But of course it's amplified when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Well then it's more real, you see. In other words, it's amplified a hundredfold more. But it was the Spirit of God on the inside of me. You see, the greatest things that ever happened to me have always happened. I know a lot of times we pray for something to happen out here. <laughs> We're looking and wanting something to happen out here somewhere. But the greatest thing to ever happen to me is to always start on the inside. That's where God starts to work, on the inside. God is a spirit. When you're born again, when you're saved, you see, the Holy Spirit through the word convicts your heart, convicts your spirit. On the inside you feel that conviction. On the inside you feel that urge and that response to... to uh, to, to respond to the call of God, don't you? And something happens on the inside of you. Well, you see, you become acquainted with that spirit then because he speaks to your spirit. Well, it was on the bed of affliction. You've heard my testimony, many of you. But, uh, but I, I, I didn't know to listen to the inward voice. No one taught me. I mean, I had to learn for myself. If I'd have known, of course, what I... I, I'll put it this way. If I had started listening before I did, I wouldn't have stayed on that bed any 16 months like I did flat on my back. 
but didn't listen. There was this unseen one that was trying to open the word of God up to me and trying to get me to act on that word and I wouldn't do it because my natural mind wouldn't let me do it. My natural mind wouldn't let me act by faith. I'd pray and feel blessed because you will feel blessed if you pray. God will bless you. God will help you if you'll pray, but that mean, don't mean you got the answer to your prayer just because you felt blessed. Too many people have based their faith on that and been deceived when they ought to base their faith on the Word of God. But then, you see, in my natural mind, I'd begin to check myself over to see if I really got this. See, what I was praying for was healing. And I was bedfast, so I'd check my heartbeat. I'd put my hands here on my chest to get my heartbeat. And I'll tell you, it was very recognizable because I could feel it because I didn't weigh as much as I did now. I weighed 100 pounds less than I do now. I weighed 89 pounds. And I could feel that old heart on the inside of me uh, just a chugging and a beating and a hitting like a T-Model Ford a hitting on one cylinder. You know what I mean? Just a shaking and a jumping. That's right. And so it wasn't any better. And I'd look, throw the sheet down. I had some use of my arm, not full use of my upper arm because it had become totally paralyzed. But I'd throw the sheet down off my lower limbs and I'd look down there at those lower limbs, wasted away, couldn't walk, and I'm not healed and I'd go to crying about it. I'd go to crying about it. Lord, I just sure you healed me. I just sure I had my healing. But I didn't. I thought. See? But the time came, you see, when the Spirit of God got me to listen to the Word of God. Remember, the Spirit of God will always lead you in line with the Word of God. Amen. When the Spirit of God got me to listen to the Word, and He's the author of this written Word, and Mark eleven twenty four was the verse of Scripture, as you well know, that brought me off the bed of affliction. What things are you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Remember this, that Jesus doesn't speak to us directly. He's not here. We say the Lord spoke to us, but he spoke to us by the Spirit because the Holy Ghost doesn't speak of himself. What he hears, he speaks. He speaks what he heard Jesus say or God the Father say. And so I recognize that as being the Spirit of God speaking to me. He said, you do believe all right as far as you know. I said the Lord spoke to me, but I recognize it was by the Spirit. It was the voice of God's Spirit. And, of course, the Lord, it was the Lord speaking because he doesn't speak of himself. said, you do believe all right as far as you know. But that last clause goes with that verse of Scripture, and then he quoted that to me. Now, you say, how did you hear the Lord? No, I didn't hear any voice out here like I'd hear this man's voice if he spoke to me, or like I heard Brother Hahn when he prayed. I heard these singers when they sang. I didn't hear it with these ears. I heard it in here. I'm glad I got started off that way. See, just a 17-year-old, well, really just 16 then, that's just about four days before I was 17 years old. And I heard him say, on the inside of me are speaking to my spirit, say, you do believe all right as far as you know. But that last clause goes with that verse of Scripture. And then he quoted it. And ye shall have them. And it was in here. It was in my spirit. It was down in here on the, on somewhere that I saw it. I didn't see it up here. I never have seen it up there. I don't see it up there yet. 
If I go trying to figure it out in my natural mind, I can't figure it out to save my life. And, and, and if I go, go to thinking about it in my natural mind, it sounds silly to my natural mind. It sounds foolish to my natural mind because the things of the Spirit of God are foolishness to the natural man. Or one translation said the natural mind. But I, I saw it in here. And I spoke out of my spirit. I didn't speak out of my head. I spoke out of my spirit. I spoke out of my spirit, out of my heart, out of in here. And I said, I see it, I see it, I see it. I'm illustrating this, trying to get you to see how he, how he leads us through, his, through our spirits. I see it. I see what I must do. I must begin to believe in my spirit. See, with the heart, your spirit's your heart. With the heart, man believeth. It's with this inward man that you believe God. And you believe the Bible, not with your head. Maybe all kinds of doubts in your head, but you believe in here. Because I had all kinds of them in my head. And they never hindered me at all. And they won't you either unless you let them. Are you hearing me? Amen. There's a battle between your head and your heart. Between your spirit and your head. And I said, I see it. I see it. I see what I must do. I must begin to believe in my heart, in my spirit, in my inward man that I receive the healing for this outward man. I receive healing from my heart. I receive healing from my body. I receive healing from my paralysis. I believe that. My, and then I said it with my mouth. Jesus said for us to release our faith. He said, Whosoever shall say and not doubt in his heart, believe those things which he says shall come to pass. And I have whatsoever he saith. You've got to say it. I'm a stickler for that. That's how I got off the bed of affliction, was saying it. That's how I got, uh, that's how I got healed of heart trouble, of a deformed heart. That's how I got healed of paralysis. Praise God both now and forevermore. And you couldn't beat it out of me with a ball bat. Hey, amen. You, you, you could beat this old body till it died, but you couldn't beat it out of me because my body's not me anyhow. It's in my heart. <laughs> Glory to God. It's in my spirit. And so I began to say that. I began to say it out loud. I believe I'll receive it. I believe I'll receive healing from my heart. I believe I'll receive healing from my paralyzed body. I believe I'll receive healing from my body. But now the devil's the god of this world. This world. Bible said he is. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, he said he is. This world. This, this, this world you can see. This temporal world. He's here. And you contact this world with your mind and you contact this world with your body, with your physical senses. Your mind contacts this world through your body and so the devil then has access to your body and has access to your mind. And so here he came talking to me. He can talk to you too, can't he? And my experience was that it was sort of like a voice coming against me. It's out here in this atmosphere here somewhere. It's out here in this atmosphere somewhere. This voice came against me. Out here, I could feel it coming against me. Against my head. Tried to tell me it wasn't so and said, you're a pretty looking thing claiming to be a Christian. Now you've gone to lying. I said, I didn't lie. He said, yes, you did. You'll never mount a hill of beans. You learn to talk to the devil as well as talk to God. He said, yes, you lied. And the Bible said, oh yeah, he'll quote scripture to you. He'll quote scripture to you. If you don't believe the devil and quote scripture, you just turn on some of these radio programs and listen. <laughs> Amen. I've said that before, but I'm going to say it again because it's so. It's so. And so, uh, the devil said, don't you know that the Bible said, all liars shall have their part which in the lake which burneth the fire and brimstone? 
Yeah, I said, devil, I know the Bible said that, but that, that's referring to you because you're a liar and your children, your cohorts. I don't belong to you and I didn't lie. Yes, you did. You said you're healed and you're not. I said, no, I didn't. No, you lied about it. I didn't say I'm healed. I said, I believe I'll receive it. And that's what Jesus told me to believe was I receive it. And so I believe I'll receive my healing. Now then, I began to say again out loud, I believe I'll receive my healing. When I did, then I heard on the inside of me, spoken to my spirit, these words, now you believe you're well. I said, I sure do. I said, get up then. <laughs> well, people ought to be up 10.30 in the morning. Friends, it's the Spirit of God that's going to do the work of God. Not men. It's the Spirit of God that may work through men that's going to do it, but never men's going to do it. Jesus himself said, I don't do the works. He said, my Father in me, he doeth them. Right. Are you listening to me? Amen. My Father in me, he doeth them. And, and I, I can't do a thing. I thank God for the few little things that God's done through me. But you see, from the natural standpoint, I'm just as helpless as the next fella. I cannot do a thing. But thank God for the Holy Spirit that can help us to teach and help us to preach and can work through us. Hallelujah. And if we just learn to be more responsive unto him, and you're not going to learn it overnight. No, you should be thinking you are and becoming discouraged because you don't learn everything overnight. Well, just because you went to school one day, you didn't quit going and say, well, I've learned it all now. <laughs> Couldn't even write your own name. <laughs> Said, I've learned it all. You didn't quit. You kept going. Amen. And learned. Spiritual things come the same way. And so it was when I obeyed that inward voice. That was the Spirit of God speaking to my spirit. And I obeyed it. Then I began to try to get up out of that place, out of that bed, struggling, struggling, pushing. Finally struggled to a seated position. Finally struggled to, to push my feet off of the bed. And finally got a hold of the bedpost and pulled myself up. And, and my knees sagged. It wouldn't carry me. But I said, I said, I said, I believed in my heart. I won't announce in the presence of Almighty God Holy angel, the Holy Spirit, I'm healed. And when I said that, then the warmth of his healing presence came down over my body and spread out over it. And I stood straight in 30, 34 years. This past August have come and gone, and I'm still standing straight. Now, I learned that. I'll never forget it. The longest day I live. It was following the Spirit of God, friends, this Spirit that I became acquainted with, in the new birth that led me into the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. I didn't follow man. You see, when I heard there's somebody else preaching healing besides me, I went to hear him. I didn't know anybody else believed that except me. But I went to hear him. And they talked about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But you know what? I guess, even though I was healed, getting people saved, getting people healed, blessed of God in that measure... I, I, I just thought this wasn't so, so I just closed my ears to it. You know, you can shut people off. You, you can be sitting right there in the crowd and shut me off. You don't have to listen to me. And so I just didn't hear that at all because I thought there was an ear about that. But then finally, it was the Spirit speaking to my spirit, that same voice on the inside, speaking to my spirit that said to me, what does the Bible say? And then gave me scripture, chapter and verse. 
And as I responded to these chapters and verses, then I saw it. The Spirit of God showed me. And I walked in the light of the Spirit and was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak to other tongues. I'm glad I learned to follow Him. But now, He doesn't always speak as clearly to our spirits as He does at times. You see, the Bible said that His Spirit, in the 8th chapter of Romans now, and this is the 14th and 16th verses that we're quoting. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Our children of God. And then he said, uh, His Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. Now in the Old Testament, don't you remember the book of Proverbs? He said, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? That means that God uses your spirit to enlighten you, to guide you, to direct you. It's through your spirit. Now, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, when He speaks to your spirit, or as He's in your spirit, when He's in you, when He speaks so indelibly, I notice this, when that happens, I never miss it. See, I never miss it. But when I get over into this other area now of following this witness, you see, he said, his spirit bears witness with our spirits. As many as are led, so he leads by an inward witness. And this inward witness is not as tangible as the other. And so sometimes when we get in this area, we miss it. Now you see, that's our spirits. When we're in here in this witness and, and when and our, our own spirit does have a voice too, you know. We, we call it uh, conscience. We call it guidance. We call it intuition. And out in the world they call it a hunch. Well, they do. Well, that's your spirit talking to you. Your human spirit, whether you're saved or unsaved, you're still a spirit being and, and you'll know things in your spirit. Now then, I, I, I've known this. And I don't know why we'll keep stumbling here over this, but we will. I mean, I, I have as a preacher. I'm, I'm endeavoring not to now in these, this day. But uh, I, I know I've, I, I've said to a minister... Uh, and I knew all the time on the inside of me, see, a sort of a, not this inward voice of the Spirit speaking up so distinctly. I mean, when he talks, it's just almost like some, you look around and see who said it. I mean, yet you know it's in you. But yet, your Spirit will pick up information from the Holy Spirit that's in you, and that inward voice, which is your Spirit speaking, you see, will tell you. And, and we, we, we say sometimes, uh, you know, well, something told me. You know, see? And, and you know why it is that a woman will have more intuition than a man will? Because women, as a usual thing, live more of a secluded life. They're not so active, you see. Uh, now, nowadays, of course, more women work than ever before. But most of the time, see, women's at home more by themselves, and they're not working. Well, they work, you see, but they're, they're by themselves. They're not with a lot of other people, you see. 
And so their spirit, you see, can pick up things more readily. They're, they're human spirits. And your human spirit will know things. Well, I know in times past, and I've said to myself, you know, as we say sometimes, I could just kick myself. You never have said that, have you? How many of you have? I think nearly all of us have, you know, because we knew all the time on the inside of us, we was missing it. Well, you see, that inward voice is seeking to give guidance to our minds. And we all know that if we had followed an inward voice, we would have never made some of the mistakes that we made. We would have never made some of the investments that we made where we lost money. I've lost money. And I knew all the time shouldn't be doing that. And, and, and we never would have done a lot of things that we've done if we had followed that inward voice. And that inward voice was trying to give direction to our minds. And so I've said to a minister, to a pastor sometimes, I've said, now I'll, uh, I, you know, he invited me to come hold him a meeting. And something on the inside of me told me not to go. You see, it isn't always as, as uh, well, I don't know how, how to put it, but in other words, it isn't all, always as, as tangible. It isn't always as, uh, as authoritative as it is at other times. And yet it's authoritative enough to know that there's something down in there sort of scratching. <laughs> there's something down in there trying to get your attention. And I knew an order told that fellow I'd come anyhow. Now I don't know why, but I know, I know he's a good man. I know he's pastor of a full gospel church, and I was a full gospel preacher, and we was a member of the same denomination. But yet something on the inside of me, I, I just I walked away and said, I don't know how I come me to tell him I'd go. But I got my word out now. And I'm the type of fellow that believes just what the Bible said, that one of the characteristics of a spiritual pilgrim is he that squires to his own hurt and changes not. If I got my word out, no matter how much it hurts me, I'll stay with it unless he'll let me off. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. So I can remember very distinctly, way back yonder years ago, now I know better now, and I, I don't do that now. But I'm trying to tell you how I learned. I'm trying to tell you that I didn't learn without making mistakes and you're not going to learn without making mistakes. And if you think you're going to learn to be led to the spirits without making mistakes, you might as well quit now. Crawl the hole and pull the hole in after you. Because you're gone anyway. I mean, you didn't quit trying to drive a car because when you first started driving, you might run up over the curb, did you? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You kept on that while you could do it. So you, you, you can learn spiritual things as you will. So I remember, I, I really, really, I, I guess, well, why don't we have them sometimes? I'll tell you why we don't. Sometimes we're just not in the closest fellowship. I don't mean we're backslid. I was a preacher. I was holding meetings, getting people saved, filled with the Spirit. But I never had any kind of a, of a, of a, of a leading. I mean, a fellow just said to me, well, I mean, he'd talked to me personally, written me a letter, and then he talked to me personally. So I told him I'd come hold a meeting. And we got it all set up. And I never felt a thing. I mean, I never had any kind of a, of a, of a leading either way or, or a witness or, a, or not a witness. I just thought it's all right. But then, in the revival before I went to him, I got to praying and seeking God about my revival, not about that meeting, but praying about these meetings that I was in and at first it was a little harder, so I had to do a little bit more praying, a little more fasting, and I got into a little more closer fellowship with God. The Bible said, draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. And so, 
When I did, then he began to talk to me. I mean, I mean, when I say he began to talk to me, now I don't mean this time wasn't any voice I heard at all. I just had the sense in here that I shouldn't go to that fella. I had the sense that I ought not go. I had the sense. I don't mean a feeling. I mean a sense in here. I shouldn't go. And so I said, uh, I said to my wife, you, you know I wish I hadn't told that fella I'd come. I, I oughtn't to go there. But I thought maybe that would wear off, and so when I got out of the spirit, well, it did wear off. <laughs> got, got back into flesh, but the very next day when I got to praying, it was there again. And I don't go by something just because it's there one time when, when we get in some of this guidance business. I watch what happens when I keep praying about it, you see. But the next day, there it was again. Don't go. I mean, it wasn't there. It wasn't just in a tangible voice, but, but it's in there. The sense of it is down in here somewhere. Don't go there. Don't go there. Well, I, I got away from that place of prayer and got back over into the, to some extent, into the natural, into the flesh, and, and that left me. I didn't have it. But then the third day, the next day, when I got back in that place of prayer again, it came back again. And I knew just as much as I knew. I couldn't tell you how I know it. I couldn't define it for you. I couldn't describe it for you. I never heard any voice outside, inside, or any other side. But I just knew in here. I, I shouldn't go there. And so I said, now, Lord, I, I, I've got my word out, and that's, that's the very next meeting as far as that's concerned. And I just thought, well, it's, it, it, he just knows that they're not ready for a meeting there. This is a, a, one of the, supposed to be one of the best churches in that state. And uh, one of the top, I guess, one of the top five churches in that state. And, and, and maybe they're just not in position for a revival or something, and we won't do much, all right, I don't guess, but I'm going on because, after all, I, I don't have another opening right here, and that's the only door that's open right at the moment, so I'll go on. And I said, I'll tell you what I'll do now, Lord. I'll, I'll just prove to myself, and I'm going to let this be the clincher. I'll just prove to myself that I should never override that inward something telling me not to do it. I, I, I'm going to prove this to myself now, once and for all. And I expected it all right to cost me, because you can't ride over those things without it costing you. But I didn't expect it to cost me so much. <laughs> I mean, we didn't have anything, and, and, and the way things were, and so on and so forth, and and, I, 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 and and the position and condition spiritually that the pastor was in, I saw he was in trouble. I felt so sorry for the congregation because, well, a number of things. And so I just, to make it look as good as I could on him, I said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach on now. I scheduled for two weeks, but I'm going to preach on through Sunday night and stay one week because if I'd left in the middle of the week, the congregation would ask why. And I learned there, in fact, the poor fellow said to me, and, and he's stupid enough that he couldn't understand why, he said, you know, I'll never get an evangelist that'll, that'll stay with me. I've never had one even stay a week. He said, they just quit right in the middle of the week. Well, I couldn't understand when I got there. You see, he's passing one of the top five churches in the state. I mean, strongest missionary, biggest Sunday school, strongest offerings. And he had nice motels in his town. You know what he'd done with the evangelist? He put them out in his chicken house behind his house. And he had a nice house. Well, I don't mind staying in the chicken house. But, I mean, it's not necessary in some places. Do you know that? And then he was the type of fellow that said, well, I'm going to raise this money and raise that money and said, if we have any left, we'll give it to you. I hope we can get you $25, $50 this week. 
but we've got a bunch of money we've got to raise. So he's having revival not to get people saved, but to raise money. So you understand that he had an evangelist, didn't have a one that ever come to him, but what left, they'd start on Sunday night and they'd leave by Wednesday night or Thursday night. And I ought to have. <laughs> and you know, his congregation would ask, well, why do they leave, you see? But I felt sorry for him because I knew the poor fellow was going to get in trouble anyway, you see. Because if I'd left, the congregation would probably said, well, now, every van we've had since he's been here has left, they must be something wrong. And I knew he was going to leave soon enough anyhow. Because sooner or later, they're going to find out about him. And they finally did. And he, I mean, two or three months after I was gone, he left. And he's never been in the ministry since then. And it should have never been to begin with. But anyway, let that be as it may, I sort of rounded it out the best I could and stayed from Sunday to Sunday with an evangelistic party that had traveled uh, a thousand miles. Well, the way we come, 1,200 miles to get there and paid all the expenses of myself, my automobile, and the automobile of a singer and his wife and fed us and put us in motel and had spent, you know, of course, $100 or more to get there. And, and this week I got $40. Yeah, it's one Boy, I wasn't expecting it to cost me so much. <laughs> and, and I tell you, before I got out of that, I had to go to the bank. I had to get back home, go to the bank, and borrow three hundred dollars to 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 get to get, get get in somewhere else. You see, and get to preaching, you know, and, and get things to going. And I said to myself, "Now, boy, you let that be a good lesson to you. You learn to listen to that that hint. Oh, I could tell you a thousand such experiences, but this one just came to my mind at the moment." I mean on back yonder, so to speak. I said a thousand, maybe not that many, but some of them. It seemed like it. <laughs> but I said, now, 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 you let that just be a good lesson to you. Well, thank God I let it be a good lesson to me. We're going to have to learn to let our spirits dominate our minds, folks, if we're going to be successful Christians. To walk by faith means to walk in the Word, and to let our hearts and our spirits and the inward man dominate us. So it wasn't, it wasn't but about, well, let's see, February, March, April, May, three months later, in the fourth month, till I was in a meeting, and my wife was with me at this time. Our children were at home in school, finishing up school in May, at the end of May, and their grandmother was with them. And, and I came to, uh, I was holding a meeting in a certain place, and, and having a good meeting, getting good support paying up my bills and, and getting caught up, really, of that four months before. and uh, But I had it all figured up now. If my offerings keep running as good as they've been running, and they've been excellent. When I pay up everything, I'll have a dime left. And I had my schedule set up for July, for August, for September, for October, but I couldn't find, I, I, I wouldn't dare do it. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't accept anybody. I had all kinds of invitations for June, but I couldn't have any witness in here. I wasn't waiting for some voice. I was just waiting for a signal on the inside of me to accept an invitation. And I mean, I, I just simply could not, on the inside of me, consent to accept any of these invitations. And here I am in the last week of meetings there. And, and, and you can't start a meeting on short notice a lot of times. They won't have time to advertise let people know you're coming. So you can get talking about it and get back over in the middle realm and just miss the whole business. I'm trying to talk about how God guides us through our spirits. And so my wife and I got to talking about it. Well, I said, I better do something. You know? 
I know what I'll do. I'm going to the phone. This was about, I guess, Wednesday night we were talking after service. I'm going to the phone call Brother So-and-so over in another state. Oh, 400 miles away, I guess. And he had said to me, Brother Hagin, now we've got, we've got three Assembly of God churches in our town. We've got one Church of God. We've got one Pentecostal Holiness and one independent Pentecostal church. Six Pentecostal churches. Now, mine's the largest. I run uh, four to 500 in Sunday school. One of the other assemblies run around 300. Another one runs about 250. Church of God runs about 250. And, and this other uh, Pentecostal Holiness church runs around 200. And the independent church runs uh, anywhere from 150 to 300 in Sunday school. And so you count all that up. You've got uh, 1,000, 1,200 people. And said in our, not a large town, but in our city, we can get the city auditorium for $15 a day. That's all it cost us. Now, we've gotten together, and all these churches have advised me to contact you, and you come, uh, and, and, and we can get it any time, because ours is a small town that they, they usually just sitting there most of the time not in use. Only a town of about 50,000 population, or 60,000. And this auditorium will seat 1,500 people, and there's enough of us to fill it up. And you just come hold us a meeting and, and, and we'll take care of you. You need to worry about that. Of course, if you've got 1,500 people, you don't have to worry about finances usually. If they all gave a dollar apiece, you'd be in pretty good shape. See? So I said, I just believe I'll call him and he'll need to get that in the paper on Thursday. And we'll just start, I'll just go up there and we'll start with him Monday night. So I got up out of bed and went to the telephone. Went to the telephone. In this parsonage where I was standing, started to pick the telephone up. And when I did, now this time, it wasn't a witness. This time, there's a voice on the inside of me. That, that, that made me jump. You know, I stand in the dark, didn't turn the light on. Went into the den where the phone was. But I jumped, you know, just like, you know, like you would if you didn't know somebody's coming in the room. They suddenly come in the room and spoke to you. You know how you'd jump? Said, don't do it. Don't do it. I see, I'd already picked that up. I just hadn't dialed the operator yet. Said, don't do it. So I put that down. And when I put that down, I said, now, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, here, I, 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 if I, my orphans run as good as they have, I'll, I'll have a dime left. And I can't get by on a dime. And I don't have a thing in the world lined up for June. I need to get in and get enough money, you know, pay more expenses for the whole month. If I just preach one week or two, I've got to get enough to run the whole month. They that preach the gospel should live with the gospel. What am I going to do? Now, I didn't hear any voice this time like I did that said, don't do it. But on the inside of me, there's just something that seemed to say. You know, sort of come floating up, you know, out of your inner being. Said, just wait. Just wait. Boy, that's hard on the flesh, isn't it? Woo! Man, that's hard on the flesh. But I knew I'd heard from God, so I crucified the flesh and went back to bed. My wife said, what did he say? I said, I didn't call him. Said, you didn't call him? I said, no, I didn't call him. Said, Why? Well, I said, uh, <laughs> Lord told me not to. So she said, all right. So we slept good, went to service, and Thursday night, then we got talking about it again. <laughs> yeah, you can get right back in the natural and miss it. And we got talking about it again, and I said, well, I've got to do something. That's all there is to it. I, I've waited. <laughs> you never did do this, did you? <laughs> I, I've waited long enough. I've I, I waited long enough. I, I'm going to have to do something because i got bills to pay. And, and, and I, if I get as much in my Sunday night offerings I've been running and it's good, I couldn't gripe, complain about it, but I've already got my budget figured up. I'll have a dime left. 
and, and I, I've got to get by. So I'll tell you what I'm doing. It's too late on that meeting because we need to get that advertisement in the paper. They won't accept it after Thursday. You've got to get for ad church ad on Saturday. You've got to get it on Thursday. And so it's too late now because it's Thursday night. So I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm going to call Brother So-and-So right up here just about 200 miles away. And he told me, he said, Brother Hagin said, if you call me anytime, just come preach a week for me anytime. He said, if you can start on Monday night, call me Sunday night. My crowd will be there and I'll tell them about it. And, and they'll come and we'll, we'll get it broadcast. So I said, this is this Thursday night. I'll just call him. And, 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 and I'll go up there and preach a week for him. Then I'll contact this other place and we'll get the advertisement out. And I'll, and I'll go up there and preach about 10 days, you see. So that sounds reasonable. <laughs> so I got up and went into the den. Didn't turn the light on, but went to the phone in this parcel where I stand and picked up the receiver. And something on the inside of me, just as real and just as plain, said, don't do it. So I put it down. <laughs> And I said, now, Lord, uh, 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 I haven't got anything lined up for June. And I've got to live. I've got to get by and pay house rent and car payments and children to feed and clothes and bills to pay. And, and I don't have a thing well lined up. Surely you've got somewhere you want me to go, something you want me to do. And, and, and besides that, I, you know, I, I, well, he said, uh, uh, I said, what am I going to do? He said, wait. <laughs> oh, brother. I said, uh, I, I've got to do something. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, if I'm going somewhere, I'm going to have to let folks know I'm going to be there. <laughs> and uh, and he said, uh, no, wait. Now, I don't mean in a voice. I mean, again, that wasn't so distinguished as it was when it said, don't do it. It was just something that seemed on the inside of me. I couldn't tell you, but it just sort of floated up from my inward consciousness. And so I said, well, all right now. But now I said... Uh, Lord, I, I, I need to do something. Well, he said, uh, wouldn't it be all right if I told you to just to take the month off? I said, yeah, it'd be all right if I had enough money to get by on, but I'm not going to have but a dime left. I mean, if the offering runs as good as it's been running, then I can't get by for a whole month on a dime. But he said, couldn't you trust me? Now, when I said he said that to me, I mean, this was all in here. Not just speaking so indelibly as the voice that said, don't do it, but just as we say something seemed to say. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll just trust you. I'll just trust you. Bless God, if you don't tell me to go, I go by as much as what he don't say as I do what he does say. And if you don't tell me, I'll just stay hooked and stay put. Well, he said, you just stay put now. And I've got something good for you. You see, if you left, you'd miss it. I said, all right, all right. What you got that's good? Could you let me in on a little bit of it? <laughs> Amen. Well, he said, uh, now in the morning, and again, this wasn't, this wasn't just a, a voice, but this, this knowledge just came up in me. I mean, I couldn't tell you how I got it. I couldn't tell you how it got there, but it was in there. I knew on the inside of me that in the morning, which would be Friday morning when I went to my morning service, that the pastor was going to say to me, Brother Higgin, could you take this meeting on another week, See, which would be the fourth week. I knew that. So I went back and got in bed. My wife said, what did he say? <laughs> I said, I, I didn't call him. I said, the Lord told me not to, so that satisfied her. So I went early the next morning purposefully. See, see, I was staying with one minister friend of mine in the pastor's and holding a meeting over in another town for another church. And so 
I, I went early, you see, so he could talk to me. I got there for anybody, 10 o'clock, say, for anybody did, see. I usually don't. I usually just get there in time to preach, you know that. So, I went in and he was in his study and he said, Brother Aiden, come in here, come in here. So I went in and he talked about the weather first and talked about a few things. Then he said, there, uh, I, I got something I wanted to ask you or say to you. Uh, and he hummed on. I said, yeah, I know what it is, brother, and I'll tell you ahead of time. The answer is yes. <laughs> and he said, could you stay? I said, yeah, I can stay another week. Well, he said, the board had informed me to ask you last night if you would stay with us another week. And said, now, you've been preaching night and teaching the daytime, but what they want you to do is to teach both day and night like you've been doing the daytime. We just announced a teaching service. And you know, we filled the building up full every night teaching. Praise the Lord. So I stayed another week. I stayed another week. And so, when I got down to the end of that next week, I was sitting in this other pastor's with this pastor one afternoon visiting, and the telephone rang. He went and picked up the phone. He said, yeah, I heard him say, yeah, he's here. And he turned and looked, said, Brother Hagin, it's for you. So I went to the phone. The lady said, is this Brother Hagin? I said, yes. Yeah. said, you remember me? He said, I'm Sister So-and-so. Got the Baptist Holy Ghost last year over at your meeting. Yeah, yeah. Brother Hagin, she said, the Lord told me to give you $1,000. I said, I don't doubt it, sister. Bring it on by. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said, see, I told you I had something good for you. You'd have missed that if you'd have gone on, see? It was hard on the flesh to wait, you know, and not see anything because the flesh wants to walk beside. Your natural mind wants to walk beside. You want to see it. But God wants us to walk by faith. And faith's of the heart. Praise God. Well, thank God for his word. Hallelujah to Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That concludes this message. For more information about Kenneth Hagen Ministries, call 1-888-283-2484 or visit our website at www.rhema.org or write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150-0126. And in Canada, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries, Post Office Box 335, Station D, Etobicoke, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, M9A4X3.